Welcome back. We are glad you're with us. Thanks so much, as always. We certainly appreciate it. Hey, I'm going to be heading down to uh, Chicago on Friday. Uh, looking forward to a tremendous event. Uh, I've been doing some stuff with uh, with Mike Ditka in the Gridiron Greats for a long time, uh, whether it's the Cigars with the Stars with him and Jaws uh, or the Gridiron Greats, uh, their Hall of Fame gala. And uh, obviously Mike was the recipient years ago. I was proud to give him the award for uh, the Lombardi Award of Excellence. But uh, one of the guys this year that they are recognizing coming up on Friday, which, by the way, there's still some tickets available if you would choose to go. I've posted the uh, link over there on Twitter is uh, our good friend and uh, former Green Bay Packers center himself, Frank Winters, who is joining us on the line. Frankie, how you been, buddy? Hey, Michael. Hey, Bill. How you doing, buddy? I am doing how's good. How, how's the health, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I feel good. Uh, the weather's getting warm here in Chicago, so it's getting a little easy to loosen up. But, um, you know, as you get older, it gets tougher every day. But you look at these little nicks and aches here once in a while, but... I'll be okay. I'll just, you know, you fight through them as like you always do and, and uh, try to stay a little bit healthy as, as possible, as much as possible. I'm going to talk about the gala coming up here in a minute or two, but I, I wanted to ask you, we've seen uh, your Green Bay Packers the last couple of years. They've stubbed their toe in the postseason, and now they've kind of uh-huh. regrouped. They've added to the defense, added to the offense. Uh, give me your thoughts on what they've done and what you like and don't like. Well, I mean, like I just, I was just talking to Leroy and Gary. I mean, any anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a chance to win. Um, you know, hopefully these defensive young players they drafted pretty high, and the receiver they can hopefully you know step up because in today's business that's pretty much what you got to expect out of these young guys, and they contribute right from the get go. But um, you know, last year they were kind of beat up a little bit, you know, during the playoffs, and you know to get some back, some linemen. Um, you know, hopefully Jenkins can come back healthy, and you know they're pretty pretty good to uh, solidify the offense line and stuff. But, you know, losing Devontae Adams is always a, a tough a tough role to fill. Um, you know, it's going to probably take a couple different guys. And, you know, there's usually there's always a, a sleeper somewhere in the draft or free agency or something that steps up and makes some plays. And, you know, I think getting Tanyan back will help and stuff. And, you know, defense, hopefully they could, you know, I just told those guys earlier that, at the end of the year, you got to get lucky a little bit, stay healthy, and you know catch a break here and there to, to get to the next level. And um, and I still think the Packers will be the team to beat in that division. How much pressure do you think Aaron has on him? I mean, he's already got a Super Bowl ring, but how much pressure do you yeah. think he has on him with what's gone on in the last year and a month, we'll say, since all the drama began? How much pressure do you think they're feeling uh, to get back to and to win a Super Bowl? Well, you know, when you got a good group of players, I mean, the Packers have been so successful the last 30 years, and, and you know, people would say, most people would say they have underachieved when they won two, two Super Bowls. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's putting yourself in position to have the opportunity to get back in there and play. And, um, you know, I think last year was a, a great opportunity they, they kind of missed. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, the Packers, I was at the game, they started off quick, they went down and scored really quick, and, then all of a sudden things started faltering and they really couldn't do anything. And they really seems like they didn't make enough adjustments to, you know, overcompensate for what was going on. But, um, you know, I give the, the other team credit. But, um, you know, in, in, in today's world in professional sports, you, you got to be ready every week, week in and week out, because otherwise you're going to get beat. And, you know, and, and you would think the Packers the last couple of years for, for you know, playing – at, at their stadium and playoffs and, and losing is, 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 a, is, is a tough pill to swallow because you always thought the Packers would have an advantage playing at home, but obviously that hasn't been the case recently. But, um, 
you know, they should, I think they're going to be okay. Hopefully they learn those mistakes, you know, as a player coach, you know, from the, from the bottom up, you know, and you try to make the most of it and, and those mistakes and you rebuild and hopefully give those guys some enthusiasm and some energy to get through the off season and improve each day uh, uh, and get better. Give, give me your thoughts on Matt LaFleur, offensively speaking, because looking at that through an offensive mind, being the center, being kind of the line captain, give me your thoughts on the offense and how you like what my, Matt LaFleur has done. Well, I mean, I, I like, you know, he, he he's committed to the run. I mean, he does play actions. He, he, he You know, they, they make plays when they have to. Um, uh, you know, he's a good coach. He's a good young-minded coach, and I've had the opportunity to meet him and stuff, but um, – you know, coaches are based on wins. You know, you you know, you know. I played under a great coach in my career. Early in my career, of a guy by the name of Marty Schonheimer, and you know, he he was great during the regular season. And sometimes in in playoffs, things didn't work out for him as well. And that's that's contributes to everybody. But um, you know, he's a great mind. He's got he's got you know great plays around him. He's got great coaches. You know, and um, you just got to take it to the next step because you're based on your performances. You know, you look at guys that that. Now, you know, it's it's the wins and losses next to your name that really count in the end and stuff and, and Super Bowl champions, and especially when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But, um, you know, fo- you know, football's a team effort. It's, you know, special teams. It's, you know, you look at that 49 game last year, the special teams was a big disappointment. Um, you know, the offense, I think they only scored 10 points. Defense played a great game. and But like you said, if you, as a football is a, the ultimate team sport, if you don't play together, you're not going to win. And, you know, they, they, you know, maybe lost two of those three phrases last year with the special teams. So it was a big letdown, but hopefully they rectify those, get those better. They brought in a new coach and, um, and, and hopefully they can understand that special team is just as important as offense and defense. You are uh, going into the Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame and uh, with uh-huh. Jack. You look at some of the names, man. Jack Youngblood, and I, I've known Jack for years and years. He's a, you talk about as hard nose as hard nose gets. Warwick Dunn's going in yourself. Uh, Ron Rivera is getting the Marv Levy Impact Award. You talk about some names, man. How are you feeling about going in with those names? Well, it's, it's pretty interesting. I was asked to go in it about three months ago, and uh, I've, I've, I've known Coach Dicker for a long time. We've, we've, we've kind of played golf at the same course in Naples, Florida. We have a bunch of mutual friends, and, you know, it's a great honor. I had the opportunity to meet uh, Jack Youngblood this year at the Super Bowl with um, – um, um, at an event up there, it was a great time to meet him. You know, I work with Warren Dunn in the Legends community. He's another great individual um, for all his great accomplishments on on the field, but all he's done some great things off the field as well. So, uh, Mrs. Riggins, who's done such a great thing for the Pro Football Retired Association, has been remarkable. Um, what she's going to do, and and you know, Ron himself, you know, a guy who's played in the NFL, coaching NFL for a long time, has been through the he's been through the the ringer with you know the you know, the ups and downs in, uh, in the NFL. And, you know, it's going to be a great honor. It's going to be a great time. There'll be some great people there. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. And, uh, um, you know, Friday will be a big day. When uh, when you get to, you know, obviously you get many different awards and many different honors and such. But to be honored by a, a guy like Mike Ditka, who has meant so much, not just to Chicago, but just to the world of football, both in broadcasting, coaching, playing and such, what, when you get that kind of recognition from a guy like that, even though you get a chance to play some golf with him and hang out with him, but when he looks at you as a professional and respects what it is you do, what does that mean? Well, it is remarkable. You know, I'm, I'm not much of a guy that's much about accolades and, and, and all the honors and stuff like that. I was, you know, I was more of a team player. Um, 
but you know, it, it is, it, it's, you know, truly remarkable to be, you know, honored by coach and the grit on greats. Cause I mean, you know, the years prior to me, there were some great guys, you know, recognized and, um, it is an honor, you know, I mean, you know, people would say I kind of should have played during that era because I was kind of a hard nosed kind of player. And, uh, um, you know, just a tough city kid, kind of like where coach was from and, you know, and, you know, how to work his way up and earn everything he's, you know, he achieved in life and stuff. So, um, that's the way I, you know, I always kind of, um, you know, marking myself. I was one of those tough players and, and, and to be honest and recognized by these guys with all the great people that are going in, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great, a great night and a great accomplishment. Um, you know, without just, it's not just me. It's all my teammates that help each individual be successful in different things and in, in different aspects in life. Frankie, it's going to be good to see you on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Hang in there. Congratulations on the honor. And uh, look forward okay. to kind of maybe sharing a beverage or maybe even sneaking away and getting a cigar on Friday night, okay? I'll be more than happy to. I'll be down early on Friday. Okay? <laughs> okay. Good stuff, buddy. I'll talk to you then. Uh, see you there. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Absolutely. There you go. That is uh, the former center of the, uh, the Green Bay Packers, and that's Frank Winters joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. He is going to be inducted uh, with Jack Youngblood, Warwick Dunn, Jim Hobson, Ron Rivera is going to receive the Marv Levy Impact Award, Lisa Marie Riggins, the Sylvia Mackey Woman of the Year Award. It's all taking place uh, coming up this Friday night uh, down at the Hyatt Regency Hotel, downtown Chicago. It's the 11th Annual Hall of Fame Induction Gala. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, I think there are still some tickets available, um, I, I believe. So you can uh, – I, I put the link to the tickets and such over there on Twitter. Uh, but if you get a hold of the contact list, uh, the phone number, and call Sonia and tell her you heard it here, they are offering some corporate discounts. So if you want to take some corporate people or your your uh, staff building, whatever it happens to be, they're offering discounts uh, to our listeners, to us. So um, get a hold of Sonia, and she'd be happy to take care of you. But great to get Frankie Winters. I'd love to talk to We're going to try to get... I love talking to Jack Youngblood. He's he's fantastic. I'd love to get Ron Rivera on, too. You talk about an incredible story, not only uh, being a, a tremendous coach and player, but then going through cancer and everything he went through, and then to come back and still coach during the process. And, you know, man, what a, what a story there as well. But uh, that is all taking place uh, down in Chicago. Coming up Friday night, it is the uh, Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame Gala, and uh, I can't wait. Can't wait to go. Looking forward to it. We're leaving right after the show, as a matter of fact. On Friday, uh, let's do this. We're going to step away and take a quick break. Uh, before we do, though, I want to re- want to let you know that our friends over at New Mel Medical treating treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, beyond the borders as well. And in addition to that, if you're say tired, if you're sluggish, if you're moody, if you're down, if you're just dragging, they can help. It might be low T. If you're over the age of thirty, get a hold of our friends over there at New Mel Medical, Doc Tim and Carlos and Jose and everybody. They can help you out. All you got to do is call. It's 414-455-4451. Also, let's just say you're looking at yourself, and it's cool today, but we know warmer weather's coming, and you've been out a couple of times. Maybe you've cut the grass, did some things in the yard. Maybe you want to go play golfing. You're dragging. You're like, boy, I put on some weight. I'm huffing and puffing. The all-in-one weight loss program can be just for you, It can, it, and it works. They've enhanced it. They've got new technology. They've got new courses, so to speak different meal plans, things that they've worked on, things that they've enhanced. It was already successful. Now all you need to do is just take it and continue to enhance it, and it works. It, it, I'm telling you, it works. You can't do anything if you don't pick up the phone and call. 
414-455-4451. That's the New Mel Medical Center, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Give them a shout. Tell them we sent you. Also, hey, don't forget, tomorrow coming up, we are going to be live from Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls for the entire run of the Bill Michael Show. Tomorrow it starts the weekend. That is the grand reopening of uh, Social House and the pro- portion of the proceeds Go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. I can't ask you enough to stop out. And whether you join us or you just stop out there this weekend, go out and see Dan Dell and his staff. Tip a little extra because the tips go to Fisher House. And uh, they got a tap takeover. Compliments of our friends at Beachwood Distributing and Bud Light. So many different brands are going to be on tap. And a portion of all those proceeds go to Fisher House, Wisconsin, helping helping vets, helping military members, and helping their families. And we can't do it without you. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. Hey, one of our uh, proud sponsors of the motorcycle ride is our friends at Growth Law Firm, voted one of the best injury attorneys for motorcyclists in the country. And we've got them right here in our own backyard. So uh, our thanks to our friends at Growth Law Firm. And uh, they're going to be there on site. They're going to be doing some help with us as well at the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. And uh, I just want to say thanks to them as well. They they deserve a, a lot of credit. They came on board. They Again, it, what's so cool about some of these things that we do, they come to us, they say, can we be a part of this? It's great. We, 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 just, we, we just want to be a part of this. And our friends at Growth Law Firm, G-R-O-T-H, by the way, growthlaw.com, that's growthlaw.com, uh, they're the ones that came to us. And uh, like I said, they were named one of the nation's 20 best motorcycle injury attorneys in the country, in the country, by Biker Justice USA. So... Um, you know, and their staff rides too. That's the best part about it. So if you're looking for a, an attorney in the area, in the state of Wisconsin, go to growth law, G R O T H G R O T H growth law.com. That's growth law.com. And thanks to, uh, thanks to them for being a part of the program. And I hope to see all of them, uh, come out and, and join us too, coming up on uh, Sunday, September 4th, as we continue to press forward. Don't forget, uh, on the, uh, on the Bud Light live stream. You can stop uh, over there and, like right now, with the advertisement that's up on the screen, take your phone and click on the uh, QR code, and it'll take you right to the sign-up. And you get a discount, too, for you and your passenger uh, if you sign up, if you pre-register, rather than the day of. It's just 25 bucks a person. You get 10 bucks off the, the passenger. So go right there and get signed up. And not to mention, when you sign up, you're also registered for the prize package, one of four ticket packages that we have going this year. As well, we've got the 2023 racing package for the Indy cars and the NASCARs. We've got a, uh, a Badger, a couple of Badger tickets and a, and a kind of a cool tailgate party we're going to set you up with. Compliments of our friends uh, at the Zone out in Madison this season. Uh, also, we've got a Bucks and Admirals ticket package coming up uh, for next year for the 2022-2023 season for both. And we've got a Brewers package. As well, and hopefully, if the Brewers are you know getting towards the postseason, we can maybe get you some tickets to a Brewers, uh, some Brewers tickets to this year still, along with some uh, some gift coupons for uh, dinner downtown. So, some really cool packages uh, that you can be a part of that you can win only if you pre-register, though, only for pre-registrants. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Good to uh, good to get Frankie Winters on. Good to talk to him. It was a lot of fun. Always good to share, get some thoughts and. 
He, uh, you know, there's always optimism. I mean, for guys that uh, used to play in Green Bay, there's a lot of guys that uh, really believe that, you know, the Packers, uh, as he said, uh, probably one of the favorites to to win the NFC and get to a Super Bowl. Uh, we t- he he mentioned it too that there's always going to be the criticism that they've only won two Super Bowls thus far, uh, that they need to get back, they need to do well, they need to get another one for this run of Hall of Fame quarterback play to be successful. I I would agree. That's always going to be there. Very difficult just to say it, but I would always agree. Always agree. No doubt. Um, by the way, Ben, should the should should the USGA and the PGA, should they allow guys to play in shorts? I think so. I, I think so. But I do think they, they They never play in pants until the day of a tournament. Yeah, the practice rounds are in shorts. I do think it's really funny when they're out there in 105 degrees and they have to wear pants. Yeah, I I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like you're wearing the old wool pants. And the remember back in the day when they would wear the wool pants and the chapeaus and the heavy shirts with that, you know, with this long sleeves and it was buttoned up. Yeah, they were even wearing ties back in the Ben Hogan days, you know. So they've come a long way and, and – Golfing fabric has changed over the years, but I agree. I, there, there's something classy about the pants, don't get me wrong, but I'm sitting here watching uh, on the Golf Channel live from Southern Hills. Every, every player, damn near every player out on the golf course today in practice rounds, on the practice range, every one of them is in shorts. Every one of them. It's not like it's a terrible look, but there's something prim and proper to be said for playing in uh, playing in pants, I guess. You know what uh, we get gonna... to watch this weekend, Bill? What's that? John Daly is going to be in the first tee time, as is uh, the annual tradition of him birdieing yep. the first hole, being the tournament leader before mm-hmm. going 15 over and missing the cut. Right. Um, then there's that side of the tracks where John will probably wear something so ungodly ghastly that <laughs> have you seen him lately? Yes. He doesn't even look he 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 looks like Santa retired to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like. Oh my God. Now John always battled his weight and always battled just, you know, he was never gonna give a smoking or drinking or anything like that. And he probably as talented as he was and is, he probably gave up a lot of that talent for the vices of life. But he enjoys his life, don't get me wrong. But John is just one of those big caricatures lumbering around a golf course. I'll never forget the first PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. I, I will never forget that. I got I, I was privileged enough to cover the group of John Daly, Vijay Singh, and Tiger Woods. Uh, and I worked for CBS. I got to do some cover stuff for CBS. And I was the guy that held the microphone that would follow the group and hold the microphone. Did you have to wear pants? And yes. Uh, I, well, I did anyway. It was just in the mornings. It was cool up there. But I, I got to cover the first two days, and that's what I did. I covered them. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, Tiger is – Tiger kind of struggled. You know, he was, it, was, it wasn't an easy course for Tiger. Uh, Vijay Singh played okay, but Vijay Singh's a different cat. He's he's, – he's, I don't know. He's – he, I guess he's nice, but a lot of the, the the rumor is he's very hard to get to know. He there's not a lot of levity there. He just 
he has conversations, but he's just not, you know, some guys are joke. They'll joke around. They're common people. They're likable guys, you know. They're cool. And VJ just wasn't that. He was very hard, uh, for lack of a better term. John Daly, on the other hand, was everybody's favorite. Uh, now, Tiger, that was the year that the guy came swimming up out of the out of Lake Michigan wearing the Tiger hat. Do you remember that? No. Were you around for that? I wasn't you following look it up. golf at that time. Oh, okay. Look it up. Uh, well, yeah. Duh. God, you were young. But a guy actually swam the shoreline of Lake Michigan to come and get an autograph from Tiger. Big fat guy gets out. He was wearing the, one of those big Tiger foam hats and stuff and like foam cheesehead things. And he swam up, Tiger <laughs> signed his ball, and then they wouldn't let him go back actually into the water because it's somewhat dangerous, so they walked him down the shoreline. But, but yeah, a guy swam up out of the, uh, out of the lake, which was great. And, um, but John Daly smoked, I mean, cigarettes, smoked incessantly. Uh, he, he had to go through a pack, at least, uh, per, per round. But what he would do is, is he would hit, smoke take a drag and then drop it in the sand in a bunker and then covered <laughs> covered up with sand so when they would rake the bunkers they were picking up all these cigarettes along the way it was all john daly he was smoking cigarettes if he didn't have a place to stick it uh he stuck one in the ball washer <laughs> so, john just smoking all the way around you know just the whole way around the track which is pretty funny but nevertheless uh this one's from uh, rich says uh, how about kilts Nah, I'm not a fan of. Uh, I get it. Maybe if you're playing the open, the open championship, you know, then you go with the kilts. Okay, you stay. If you want to go to tradition over there, that's fine. Not here. Uh, wouldn't do it. Uh, by the way, Rory McIlroy on the uh, a look in on Rory McIlroy. He's wearing pants today. He's wearing the pants right now. So he's a little bit different than every other golfer that's out there uh, knocking it around in shorts. There you have it. Uh, but yeah, John Daly was so much fun to cover. And uh, it, it was funny because that group had hundreds, if not a, maybe a thousand people following them, running up and down those hills, those those steep up and down hills uh, of Whistling Straits. And John would hit the ball, take a draw, look around, look like he's ready to rob a bank and throw it in the throw it in a bunker, and then cover it up with his whatever club he was using. And he'd say to the crowd, "Don't tell anybody." <laughs> he was a mess. Hanging out with John Daly was a lot of fun, though. There's a, a good 30 for 30 on kind of his life and his career. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, like I said, I, I, he was a guy, is a guy, I shouldn't say was, he's not dead. He is a guy that probably left a lot of his talent in the clubhouse because of the drinking and his physical fitness and such, or lack thereof, because he just he he's genuinely a good golfer. Um, you know, just to, on his own merits, on his own skills, he's genuinely a really good golfer. Uh, but he just never he just got by on raw talent. He just never cared. He he didn't give a damn about what people thought. He loved to play the game of golf and such. But became, when it became big, and expectations became high, he just didn't want it. So he kind of just made fun of it almost and so yeah going back to your point uh, when he tees off the the wonderment is going to be what is john daly wearing when he tees off what's what's john daly wearing so uh yeah, so about a month ago 
Guess uh, which brand signed his son, who is now a freshman at Arkansas, little John Daly, to an NIL deal. Did you see that? I saw a picture of him and his son, yeah, and I remember that, but I don't recollect off the top of my head what brand has signed him. It was Hooters. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I did see that. I was thinking what brand of club. No, I did see that. I do remember that. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, who... (laughs) Which is iconic. Hooters. Yes. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, Hooters has been in decline for years now. They're big in the South, uh, but Hooters has been in decline for years. Uh, I know the one in Green Bay. I know the one in uh, in my area out here. There was one in Brookfield. They both closed. They're both gone. Uh, the one out in Brookfield pretty much was put out of business by COVID. Is the one in out there in Madison still open? There is one left in Madison. It is a constant point of talk on the morning show. Okay. See, the problem with Hooters, uh, in, in all honesty, is this. Their burgers are good. Their wings aren't. They're, they don't compare. You can go to a lot of other places and get wings that are bigger and better. They're, they're, their wings always, to me, look like they just got done plucking the chicken and half the feathers were still on them. It just, they were never appetizing. I, I, I enjoyed the burgers, but you obviously went for a particular amount of atmosphere and fun and such, but, uh, but their food was not great. And when they went, when uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, B-dubs, built across the street out here in Brookfield from Hooters, I mean, it was, unless you were staunch going to Hooters for Hooters, it, it immediately became the popular spot to go. B-dubs just beat them. They literally went across the street and just beat them, and nobody was going anymore. And it was easier, parking lot-wise, to get in, to get out, parking, everything. Uh, at Hooter. It, was, it was an easier access building and, and just as much visibility, if not more, but it just never – it just couldn't compete to the food. Uh, and even B-dubs now, their food's gone down. That's the reason I go to other places. But nevertheless, I've gotten off on a complete diatribe here. Um, which do you per- prefer, B-dubs or Hooters? Well, I've never been to Hooters, believe it or oh, not. Oh, okay. Well, so, then there you have it. I guess B-dubs. What, 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 do you mean? what are you doing out there? You haven't ever been to Hooters, and that's the topic of the morning show, which is probably where every day you probably see Ebo and Nelson, and, and Ebo and his wife are probably out bench pressing, you know, the cats, and then walking them over to Hooters for the morning Bloody Mary before he goes on the air and his wife Jen goes on uh, to her job. That's probably where they hang out, for God's sakes. So how have you never been to Hooters? I guess you could say I don't, I don't often go out to lunch with Ebo after work. Okay. Not well, indictment, that. Just, just objectively. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to change that. Get you there at least one time. It's also a, like fine cuisine in Philadelphia. I can walk down the street and get a local cheesesteak. I'm not going to go venture out to Hooters. You know, okay. Plus, maybe my are there parents, many hooters? Are there many hooters in uh, in Philadelphia? Not downtown, but I mean, when I would go travel baseball tournaments, you go in okay. into Jersey. Maybe my parents just weren't fond of right. say the vibe at Hooters. Yeah, no, I guess. Well, I'm not taking my parents to Hooters for any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, I get it. I think there's still one. We used to do our show every year uh, prior to the opening day for uh, Reds baseball. Uh, for, there was a Hooters in Covington or in Newport, Kentucky, and you could actually, it was on the river, it was on a barge on the river, and you could take the ferry, there was like a little paddle wheeler, it was an old paddle wheeler that you could jump on, and it would pick you up at Hooters and then paddle wheel you across the river to where it would leave you off in the landing, and then you just walk right up into the stadium and uh, could go to the baseball game and then 
vice versa when you would go home. So that way you could park across the river where it was easy in Kentucky, paddle wheel across. It was a good time. And they had huge parties there. I mean, that was kind of like a place to be. I don't even know if that's there anymore. And that was really a, one of the hot spots for a long, long time down the river. I don't even know if they're there anymore. I have to go look. Anyway, we we completely digress. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are looking, as you are looking live outside of the uh, the window here in the studio, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, if you're looking for windows, you're looking for doors, you're looking for a great company to work with. None better. A uh, long time I've been working with Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, but none better. Uh, I believe in the product so much so that I've I bought them. I've had them put in my home. Uh, and the final piece of all of that puzzle is going to be put in here in a couple of weeks uh, when the new patio door uh, goes in, and that will complete the entire home. All five patio doors will be a, will have been replaced. All the windows will have been replaced, and I can finally go oh, and get it all done. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, patio, the final patio door is getting ready to go in. If you are looking for doors, windows, uh, look, you don't have to settle for one company that has just a couple of lines or one line, whatever it happens to be. Pella offers six different ones, okay? Year-round, they're the hometown team uh, by far. Uh, whether it's the dead of winter, the heat of, the heat of the summer, uh, you know, in the summer, keep the heat out, the cool in, vice versa in the wintertime. It works. It does. And they're economical uh, when it comes to your heating and energy bills. And, and God knows we need that right now. Holy mackerel. God knows we need that right now. And uh, they've got financing to fit any budget. You can choose up to 2500 bucks off of an installed patio door. How about $3,000 off an installed entry door system? Not just doors and windows, but entry door systems. So don't put it off. Uh, With the price of material continuing to go up, God knows everything else is going up, and it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime anytime soon. Get a hold of our friends over at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or uh, call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855 Pella WI and tell Gina Dell and the whole staff uh, we said hello. Um, I just got that video. Uh, John Daly on the practice range right now. John Daly. Now, Ben, when you watch John Daly and you watch his swing, the swing and everything, the follow through, everything looks good. He's got the, you know, the the good, the good club. He's got the club speed. He's got that little twist, that little spin at the end of the shot. The form looks good, the whole thing. He's just out there like somebody allowed one of the one of the patrons to put down their beer and hit some shots. That's what it looks like. If the He's, patron happened to be the stunt double for Santa Claus. Right, right. Uh, the one thing I don't see, and I think he still has it, but I don't see, does he still have the big beard? Because it's more of a behind-him back shot. Does he still have the big beard? Do you know? Yes, most definitely. He still does. Okay. Last year he was out at the MFAM championship and I don't know if he will be again this year, but he, I, I was excited to watch him play cause I was out there covering it and I was going to catch him on the back nine, but he withdrew after three holes. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. He called it a day. <laughs> so, 
But last year, he he birdied like two of his first three in the PGA Championship, and everyone screenshotted mm-hmm. the leaderboard. And then, obviously, the train fell right. off the tracks rather quickly. Uh, yeah, Kevin just wrote me an email, and Kevin said, oh, my God, I remember that. Uh, we were following him around, and I remember seeing you out there. You gave my son a high five. John Daly was a hoot. That is from our, our friend Kevin listening to us in Sheboygan, by the way. Kevin, uh, yeah, it was, it was so much fun following John Daly around. Yeah, big time. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, this is from uh, from Mike who says, uh, what do you think the Bucks are going to do this upcoming offseason? Winning a championship has become something of almost a necessity. Uh, you get a guy like P.J. Tucker. He was somewhat of a hero here in our backyard. Do they find another guy like that? Or do they just trade away some of the pieces they currently have and try to find another shooter? Um, well, you're kind of all over the road there, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, the, you know, P.J. Tucker wanted to stay, remember. He wanted to stay here. And they said, nah, we're not going to go over the luxury tax. Go find a deal and we'll let you know if we want to keep you, which he felt disrespected. So um, I don't think you're, you know, you, you'd like to find a P.J. Tucker. You'd like to find somebody that has that that junkyard dog mentality. You'd like to find something of that ilk, but I, um, you need shooters. You need offense. You know, you need, don't get me wrong, you want to have a defender or two that can play beyond, you know, beyond the paint because they can lock down the paint. They just don't have great defense beyond the arc. But um, I, to me, you need shooters. You got to find shooters. Uh, 877-867-1670. So, uh, if you're, you only got a couple of guys too that you have options with uh, to kind of let walk as far as free agents go. So it's not like the majority of this team is not going to be back next season. You're only going to have a couple of pieces that you're probably going to change out if you can. And really, how much do you want to tinker with it for the fact that, you know, you just were without Chris Middleton who could have helped you offensively as well. You know, you would have had additional depth had Middleton been able to play, but you've got a lot of money wrapped up in those guys in Middleton and Brooke Lopez and, and Giannis obviously, and drew drew holiday. And you've got a lot of money wrapped up there. So you don't have a lot of money to go out and buy somebody to find yourself another shooter. Unless of course ownership would say, you know what, we're going to go for it while we still have the chances. And we're just going to say, you know, luxury tax be damned. Let's just do this and find somebody in the open market. So uh, I'm, I haven't even really wrapped my head around NBA postseason yet. The closest I got to it last night was watching the ping pong balls fly around and seeing the Orlando Magic again get the uh, number one overall pick. That was it. So we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that down the stretch. But uh, as of right now, I'm I'm still buried in, in Brewers baseball season. Uh, we're really heating up in the golf season. Uh, we're getting into Packers and what the Packers could possibly do for their upcoming season. And I really haven't stretched too far down the road into the NBA offseason just yet, only for the fact that we're only into the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. And, uh, yes, uh, Jane, I did take a little bit of pleasure last night in watching the Boston Celtics go down. I got to admit, I mean, um, was a little surprised, a little surprised by that, uh, that that just Boston, who had been so good and so hot. Now, they obviously didn't have Marcus Smart, so that's somewhat problematic. And Al Horford now going into the protocol – um, because the health and health and wellness, pro- basically COVID. Uh, so he's going into the protocol, how his absence is going to 
um, affect the Celtics down the stretch. But I was a little bit surprised to see Boston get so frustrated. And you know what? Uh, I will say this. Boston has, as a whole, it becomes almost like a group mentality. As a whole, they just, once one complains, they all complain. They all want to flop. They all want to throw their hands in the air. They all want to get pissed. And they completely forget about the re- the other end of the floor. They just let it go. They just want to sit and argue with officials over non-calls or calls on them, and they just let it all go. I, I just That third quarter just got away from them last night, and all they did was bitch and moan. It was amazing. And you, you're watching the heat go down and score. And you got guys throwing their hands in the air, and they're still arguing, and they got both hands out, and they're pleading with the official, you know, give me the call. And it's like, oh, by the way, you know, Miami's kicking your ass. You know, they were more more worried about the officiating than they were about uh, the Miami Heat. So, anyway, um, I it, it, I took a little bit of a, a smile last night in watching the Boston Celtics go down. To answer your question, yes. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Here's a thought. Here's a thought. Ben, I'm going to ask you, what is better in Major League Baseball and more teachable in Major League Baseball? The art of pitching or the art of hitting? Ooh. You mean what would be more what would be harder to perfect when you have the raw talent? Yeah. Huh. I would say pitching. I think a lot of hitting uh, comes, uh, a lot of it's obviously mental, but a lot of it also comes from your physical and natural ability and and pitching Mm -hmm. as well. But for instance, I mean, all all the great hitters are crazy athletic. And a lot of the times, or especially growing up, you see the guys that are bigger, stronger, better coordination, they become great hitters. Pitching, I think, takes much more refinement. When you're talking about mastering the pitches, putting all of them in the perfect spot, repeating the exact same delivery over and over and over again. I'd probably say pitching. It it is interesting. Uh, The quote, uh, Rob Friedman, a.k.a. the Pitching Ninja, on Twitter, has gone through and taken pitchers and put them, like mirrored them over one another with, say, the exact same delivery. And yet, in the exact same release point and such, and shown a ball that would then rise up and in on a hitter or fly, I mean, drastically low and away. Um, The question is, are we getting a better look than ever at just the nastiest stuff ever coming from 60 feet six inches, or are we seeing the best, hardest-to-hit pitching there has ever been? Um, The argument is, uh, by many, uh, Nick Swisher being one of them, who's part of the FS1 analyst team, said, I think pitching is better than ever. Much better in training, both mechanics and pitch design. We used to hear that velocity could not be co- could not be taught. You're just a hard thrower, you're not. Now it can be. It can be taught. We used to say strength and conditioning would make a pitcher not flexible. Instead, it absolutely adds velocity. Pitchers used to guess at how their pitches would work. Now they can see it. 
they have what they call the slow-mo edgetronic cameras to see everything in a 1,000 frames per second so you can adjust your release, you can watch the spin rate. So much has changed, they said. Also, we have much better ideas of hitters' weaknesses because of the 1,000 frames per second that pitchers now use. And because spring, tra- spring training was shortened this year, teams are allowed to carry 14 pitchers until May 29th and all that kind of stuff. Then the 26-man rosters included 13 pitchers. You go on and on. Um, but they say because of the the you know the 1,000 frames per second and the spin rate and the way the balls can move uh, and the fact that pitchers now it's it's commonplace if you don't throw 93 or better you're kind of out of the norm where it used to be if you threw over 90 you were out of the norm. And it's just, it's grown exponentially. So they say that pitching is so far ahead of hitting now because of the analytics and these these tanks, as they call them, these, these analytic tanks that they can send pitchers to to watch every piece of motion that we're going to see more of this because one of the things that Major League Baseball is trying to do is figure out ways to put the ball in play a little bit more, which is the reason they started having umpires look at the baseball, and then look at pitchers after almost every inning to see if they're throwing anything on their arms, elbows, spider tack, or anything like that. But they say that pitching is now so far ahead of hitting, and hitting while it is a talent, because of pitchers who have gone through these tanks and have perfected their continued release, the exact same movement, but yet can manipulate the arm to do different things and the, the delivery to do different things, that the spin rate and release point are so drastically the same but yet different that hitters don't know what's coming. They're literally guessing. And that's been part of the problem, and that's the reason that baseball is now considering moving back the mound again because they just feel that if they move it back, it's going to give a little more break, a little more look, a little more time for hitters to get set, or – It'll be harder to hit that strike zone at the exact same point, which would then lead to either more walks or more favorable counts to hitters. I'm not in favor of moving the mound back. Uh, Because at what point do you then start to tinker with history? I think, uh, and we've all seen this, I think that hitting has become somewhat of a lost art, if you will. Um, but I also think that technology just hasn't caught up with the hitter yet versus the pitcher and what the pitchers can do. And the fact that, that pitching coaches are using these edgetronic, uh, cameras, so to speak, and watching it on video to see where the, what little corner, what little square is the, the weakest point for a hitter. And therefore pitchers are being taught to attack that over and over and over and over and over again whether it's up and in, down low, belt high, a rising fastball, a sinking down and in fastball, whatever it happens to be, that it has gotten to the point where pitchers have now um, kind of far outweighed the hitting, at least the, the quality of pitching, the overall depth of pitching on many of these rotations. But it's interesting because there's been articles written about why hitting is down in Major League Baseball. But if you go to Rob Friedman uh, at Pitching Ninja, at Pitching Ninja over on, uh, on, on Twitter – He's got a bunch of different videos there of all these different pitchers kind of compiled over top of one another. 
and the exact same arm movement, the exact same motion, the exact same type of pitch, but yet one will go down and away, the other one will break up and in, and you just don't know where it's going because the delivery is exactly the same. And because they're now throwing so hard, you can't gauge that extra three, four, five miles an hour. You can't see the spin rate the same as a hitter. So I don't know what they're going to end up doing with Major League Baseball, but that being said, it's a, it's extremely interesting. A lot of brewers up there as well, for good reason. Mm-hmm. I always see him posting videos of whoever's yeah. starting and just their nastiness. Yep. I think, if anything, yep. they should make the strike zone smaller. Or at least get the idiot umpires out of here that are calling pitches. Because if you're calling pitches four inches off the plate, the hitters are absolutely helpless. We saw that in that game a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Yet, yeah. when when they do those uh, evaluation things for the umpires that we were mentioning, they give them a two to three inch leeway. Which I, right. I like. If anything, make the strike zone smaller. Make it harder a little bit for the pitchers to throw strikes. Yeah. Did you see the one that he posted about ten minutes ago of Max Freed uh, in yeah. the game against the Brewers today? Uh, against Rowdy Telez. That ball, you know, it, it's funny because scientists have said for years that there technically is no movement on the ball. You know, they've tried to figure out why the ball moves. There's there's scientific fact as to why the ball moves and cuts through the air the way it does. But I'll tell you this, you know, sitting here watching Corbin Burns today on that nasty slider that he throws it, you know, from a right-hander that breaks down and in on a right-handed hitter that's as nasty as nasty gets. And you just watch that thing, all of a sudden it's coming right at you, and then all of a sudden, whoop, it just, it, it like it turns on a turn signal and hangs a right, man, before you even see it. But that pitch from Max Fried today, boy, really interesting. Follow Rob Friedman at Pitching Ninja over on Twitter. Really, really good stuff. Uh, look, we got three hours down. we got another hour yet to go. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.